Blog Talk Radio. and around the world, streaming live on the internet, it's Real Estate Coaching Radio, bringing you the latest news, interviews, and secrets of the top producers. Hosted by award-winning real estate coaches, Tim and Julie Harris. Welcome back to Real Estate Coaching Radio, your unfiltered, full-strength honesty about what is truly working in real estate. And today, we have a very special guest. It's probably one of the nation's, well, I know she's one of the nation's top-producing agents, and she's the number one agent with Century 21, Marty Rodriguez. So, Marty, without any further delay, welcome to today's radio show. Hi, Tim. Nice to be with you again. Yes, absolutely. The, uh, we did, so for those of you who didn't know, we did an interview with Marty. That's probably been maybe about a year, maybe two years ago. And it was one of our most listened to and downloaded interviews we've ever done before. And the feedback on the interview was just fantastic. So I'm sure today's show is going to be just as good, if not better. So, Marty, if someone wanted to get a hold of you, send you a referral, any of that good stuff, how can they do so? Uh, Century 21, Marty Rodriguez. And our telephone number here is 626 area code. Nine one four six six three seven, and my email is marty m a r t y at c twenty one marty rodriguez dot com, and that's m a r t y r o d r i g u e z. Thank you. Absolutely, Marty. I have to say, one of the things we got the most feedback on was after our first interview was how you were very clear about the fact that when it came to balance in life, that it was something that you had deliberately thought about and that some of the decisions that you had made um, were at a cost sometimes of other things and other aspects of your life. And I think by you being that honest on our first interview, which, by the way, it only makes sense. I mean, obviously, that's something that any, anyone who's trying to achieve anything in life you know they're going to have to be very clear that to achieve one thing, it sometimes is, is you know it means they are not going to be able to emphasize the other things as much. That liberated a lot of folks who are also trying to follow your road to success. And you also put it in a context that I was so I think thrilled to hear you share, with regards to the fact that you know the balance is something you you strive for. But well, you know what I won't I won't put your words out there. You you explain. So when I say balance. In, in life, in business and personal life. What does that mean to you? You know, I, I think, you know, when you, when you talk about balance, when you're trying to get started, when you're, you know, trying to get all your ducks in a row, it's not going to be as balanced as you'd like it to be. Because, you know, for whatever it is you want in life, there's a price to pay. And so you've got to decide what price are you willing to pay to get to where you want to be. You know, like I told you, I think I might have mentioned this last time, when my daughter was growing up and, um, you know, she had graduated from college and, you know, somebody asked her, you know, don't you wish your mom had been there more when you were growing up? And, you know, I think they wanted a negative reaction. And her answer was, if my mom had been there more, I would not have graduated from USC. You see, there's a price to pay for everything we want in life. Well, we just got to decide what price we're willing to pay. That very comment right there, I think, is so incredibly powerful because there's so many feel-good books and all these other things that are out there right now that aren't willing to say it so bluntly. Guys, if you're trying to accomplish anything in life, of course there's going to be imbalance, but over time, obviously, those things start to make more sense. 
you know, and I, I just think that little thought alone, guys, if you get nothing else from today's interview, which obviously you will, is really important that you remember that. I mean, balance is something we all strive for, but at the end of the day, if you're trying to work on your business and build financial stability and build wealth for your family, then maybe there's going to be some uh, costs in some other categories, and that's called what we say normal. So, Marty, let's just kind of start at the beginning. You've been in real estate for how long? And um, tell us a little bit about your market, because I know your market's transitioned a lot in the last seven to ten years. Yes, I've been in the business since 1978. So, you know, I've been through the good, bad, and the ugly, and I have survived every market because, you know, I'm like Wayne Gretzky. I don't go where the puck is going. I go, you know, uh, I, I, I go where the, I don't go where the puck is. I go where the puck is going. So for me, it's always been, okay, the market's shifting again. What's my next step? What do I have to do? What, you know, what changes do I have to make? Because, you know, I had to reinvent myself in the last 10 years, you know, going from normal sales to short sales to REO. And then, you know, now we're back to a normal market. So you've got to, you know, you've got to be ready to transition. And not only that, remember, when I started, there were no computers. Everything was MLS books. I had to sit down and go in the back room and pull a big book for every line of information that you can push a button today and get automatically. So, you know, I've come a long ways. Not only that, I had to make sure that I was, you know, tech savvy because I know a lot of people that started when I did are not tech savvy. So if you're not tech savvy, you're not going to survive in this market. You've got to be everywhere. I mean, when I get an email from a guy in Taiwan says, hey, Marty, I really like your listing in Glendora. Can you call my sister in Arcadia? That's the power of the Internet. And if you're not there, you're, you're, you're done. So when your Wayne Gretzky quote was perfect. So where, in your view, is the puck going to be? Where are you seeing the market shifting? What's the trend that you're preparing for? Um, now, you know, we're back to normal sales. So, you know, I never put my eggs all in, in, you know, one basket. I did everything. You know, I was doing short sales. I was doing, you know, some REO and doing my standard sales. So now we're back to pretty much all standard. And, and it's a different market because we have, like in, in most places, we have a shortage of inventory. So my job is to, you know, work hard and get those listings because, you, know, you know, you've got to control those listings in order to get the, you know, also the buyers. See, that's very so interesting. that's that my said. focus. Have you, Marnie, have you noticed there's a shift away from agents learning how to be listing agents and maybe overemphasizing just basically building businesses around working with buyers? Have you noticed that trend? You know what? You know what the trend that I'm noticing? People forgot that success, the, the, the definition of success is a, the, the, the uh, you know, the, what is it, how's it go? The execution of the, the super execution of the basic fundamentals. People don't answer their phone anymore. I mean, it's just, <laughs> it's, it's, it's so ridiculous. I, I love text. I love email. And let me tell you, I'm a great texter. I'm a great emailer. But sometimes you just got to pick up the phone. You've got to hear what I'm saying, how I'm going to say it, and what I have to say to you. And people do not want to do that. I went on a listing appointment the other day, and the client said, you know, I called on this listing. She goes, and they were a young couple. Okay, young people like texting. But when she said, I, I called, and he texted me back and said, do you have an agent? She said, I was done with him. So people don't understand. Text is great, but sometimes we have to, you know, learn how to verbally communicate. That's right. Interesting. And pick up, so, and, and, you know, and, and pick up the phone. Like here, a real person answers my phone seven days a week. Give me clients that so you're saying What I hear you say is even though a lot of people think they overemphasize uh, electronic communication and nothing's ever going to replace over-the-phone, face-to-face type of 
you know, communicating. That's what I'm hearing you say. Is that correct? Yeah, especially when we're, we're negotiating or we're, really, we're trying to get the listing or sometimes just face-to-face. And like I said, you know, I'm a major texter. You know, I'm a big-time texter and, a, you know, and, and email. I believe in all that. But there's sometimes you just got to pick up the phone. Like I just referred a client to another agent out in Santa Clarita. Well, she never picked up her phone. My clients called her eight times. So what happens? All they do is play telephone tag. That's nuts. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. exactly. That's- and so, but that it is that that's some of you guys are listening right now, and you're like, okay, you're talking to the number one Century 21 agent in the world, and you guys are talking about texting. But what you guys aren't hearing, or hopefully many of you are hearing, is that Marty is saying some of us have lost the ability to communicate over the phone. Some of us have rationalized that it's okay to basically, you know, spend all your time emailing and whatnot. Whereas at the end of the day, it's a urgency of getting back with the prospect or your client, and b it's also picking up the phone. And, and if you don't have the skills to communicate over the phone and whatnot, learn them. I mean, that's what I'm hearing you say, Marty. Well, you know what? And I tell my agents, you've got to be quick, you've got to be fast, and you've got to be first. So if they don't hear, they just, you know, they just keep you know, moving on. And, you know, like I said, and some people, some people are, you know, are going to, you know, respond to email. And like I told you, I love email. I mean, I'm, you know, I try to respond as quickly as I can. But when I'm negotiating or I need to really talk to somebody and we need to get into detail, um, you know, we just need to sometimes pick up that phone. Yeah, absolutely. And, and that picking up the phone is the differentiator. Uh, it is the thing that makes you special, the fact that you're calling them, whereas maybe everyone else is just trying to electronically communicate and leave messages. I think that's a, that's a, that's a very direct uh, simple but very powerful message. So, and you know, electronic and and email might be the sole matters of, uh, matter of communication. Maybe twenty years from now, but not right now. No, uh, and, yeah, know, but I don't twenty years I, from now, I'll I'll be gone. They won't have to listen to me. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's hope not. So, um, what are your three? What are your no, three no, best leads? Go ahead. I'm sorry. No, no, go ahead. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Well, I was going to ask, this is always a question, you know, <laughs> you've done enough presenting to agents, you always know, they're always going to ask this question, Marty, how do you do it? How do you list so many houses? What are your three best lead generators? If you could only do three things, what would they be? Uh, you know what, I, I think it's also, you know, the accumulation effect. You know, when I when I started, you know, 30, uh, 36 years ago, you know, I started, you know, knocking doors, you know, face-to-face. Because I liked, for me, I liked that better than I liked the telephone. So that's where I started. And then as I got better, again, I was, you know, you're just listed, just sold. And now it's, you know, it's not only those things, but it's, you know, it's, it's so much Internet, um, you know, base. We are like on, you know, 800 different, you know, websites uh, so our, you know, our leads also come in, you know, through through different types of internet leads. So you know, we're kind of everywhere because you still have you still have your print people, but majority of people I think are probably more the majority are probably getting to more internet based. So we got to make sure that we're there, but we got to respond or we got to pick up that phone and call them. I'm curious, you know, do you both. Buy, do you buy buyer leads? Are you buying buyer leads? No, I do staff? not. We do not buy okay. buyer leads. No. No. Uh-huh. You, you didn't even have to think about that. So do you have an opinion no. on this buying buyer leads trend that seems to be taking hold right now? Um, I just, I don't know. I just can't see that because our buyers, you know, are calling here because they're calling on either listings we've had or because of our reputation. So when my agents are cold calling, they are not cold calling. They are warm calling because a lot of those leads that they're calling are people that have already called here. So they've got some kind of, you know, um, uh, 
desire to maybe buy or just interested in real estate and you got to hope that you just catch them at the right time because you know we track a lot of those leads that come in here so you can see where they've called maybe with you know within the last five years maybe they talked to three different people and then finally you know they you know they they made it happen they either purchased or or sold so we you know we can see that trend happening so you know that i think just having a good system tracking you know the leads that they are getting but to pay for leads now we got we got enough leads coming in i got to make sure they're working the leads we've got because sometimes Amen. you know what the way we work here if you don't follow up on that lead the next person can take the lead away from you that's well, we're going to talk about your toes we're going to talk about your staff and your team in a second but um you're obviously a strong listing agent and that's uh, i heard heard you said that's a you know that's the key you know you got a list to last is what they've been saying since the beginning of homes you know so um listing agents being a listing uh how do you prioritize your time around for example lead generation can you share with the listeners what marty rodriguez uh at your level what you do to generate business yourself specifically with listings at, well, you know, at my level, really, I have a lot of, you know, um, business that's already come in. So my job now is to follow up and prospect those leads that I already have. So for me, if I'm not, um, you know, helping one of my buyer's agents, if I'm not a listing appointment, then my job is to follow up on my leads and, you know, prospect and continue to get more listings. That's my job. And, yeah, and absolutely. sometimes, you know, we, I do, I, and, I, and I do a lot of things that, uh, at the moment, are probably not going to generate the listing, but at the end of the day, uh, you know, a year from now, two years from now, they're probably going to list with me. Like a client just was in here just a minute ago, and somebody just, you know, tore up her, her rental, so I've already got somebody over there working on it, getting it fixed for her. So, you know, because gotcha. they, they trust us. They, they know us. And then I just, so um, the same guy just finished cleaning up another house because I'm going to get him more money because we've cleaned it up. I just did another one in Laverne. We just finished and I got, I loaned him $10,000 to fix it and I got him 20000 over asking on the price. So, you know, there's so a lot of things that I, can, that I can afford to do now that I couldn't afford to do then. Tell us about your team, Marty. Tell, you, you mentioned your staff and how critical they are. How does that work? How does, how does the Marty Rodriguez team work? Well, my office opens at 8 o'clock, not 8.01, not 8.02, 8 o'clock sharp. And our staff people are at their desk ready to, you know, assist, you know, with the transaction coordinators or the call coordinators, ready to assist clients. Because when I tell you I'm open at 8, we mean 8 o'clock. Shelly, my daughter Shelly runs the business side of this business. She graduated from USC Marshall School of Business. So she rewards the staff for being on time. So attendance is never an issue because that is the standard here. And then everything in the company, everything you'll see is organized, systemized, computerized, color-coded, labeled, and every position has a manual. So staff, everybody knows what they're supposed to be doing. And then we have, um, I think there's 15 of us on the team now. And my buyer's agents are also empowered to list because we want everybody not only just to, to sell, we want them to you know, get out there and, and list properties also. How do you hold your buyer agents accountable to leads? That's another thing a lot of folks who are thinking about adding buyer staff, the, the question is, do I add an actual buyer agent or do I refer those buyer leads out to another agent that's a real strong buyer's agent and charge them 30 or 35%? So how do you go about balancing or what? holding accountable your buyer's agents for well, results? The, lead, the leads come in and the front desk disperses the leads, okay? So they know who got them, when they got them, and you know, exactly what time they got them. So then the other agents can go into other agents' uh, leads, and if they haven't, if, they, if, there's no, if there aren't any notes on it, they haven't followed up on it, it's open game. 
after I think it's like seven days. I can't remember, maybe okay. five days. I'd have to ask it. But so that means, you know, because, you know, we, we, we spend a lot of money, you know, not only, you know, bringing these leads in, but also, you know, having staff here available. So if you're not going to follow up on it, then, you know, next, let the next person take it. Somebody that can close them. And sometimes even tell the agents, if you think, you know, your personality doesn't fit, you can't close, give it to somebody else. Let somebody else try to close them. So that's interesting. You, I was going to ask you this question, but you mentioned personality. Is that something that you try to match your buyer's agents with their with the buyers that, based on a like I a do. DISD personality? It's, yeah. So like if I take a, if I take a listing, right, if I take a listing and my seller becomes a buyer, I only work on the listing side. So if it becomes a buyer, I refer it to one of the buyer's agents. So then I try to you know um, you know match personalities if I can. So you do that based on the buyer's, uh, your buyer's agent's personality, and obviously the client, the, the seller who's also buying on the upleg. You know, they're trying to make sure they're a good sync. That's interesting. So, um, the, the, do you hire based on personality profiling? Is that something that you take into account? You know, you know what? Um, my son Ed is the sales manager, so he hires all of the uh, agents. So, yeah, Ed, you know, tries to make sure that they're a fit. He's going to know in 90 days if they're going to fit on the team or not. You know. Everybody here has to show up, dress up. We do accountability. You produce or you can't stay because we have created a culture of, of agents that really want to work because, remember, in our industry, probably only 5% of the agents do 95% of the business, so most people do not take this job serious. I tell my agents, this is serious business. We're dealing with people's life, their money, their family, and their biggest investment. Real estate is not a part-time job, and if you want to work part-time, go down the street because anybody will hire you, we won't, and we won't do that here. We take our job, yeah, you know, very, very serious. That's a very powerful message, and I think that sometimes, again, you're, when, I'm, when I talk with folks at your level, Marty, the thing that comes very clear is you guys are not, you know, you're not confused about what matters. I mean, obviously, being of service to your customers, doing the best job, respecting, you know, their money, certainly their time is priority. But also, I'm not getting any sort of gray area from you about what the role of the individual team members are. They are going to produce a certain result. They're going to be held accountable to a you know, certain set of standards. And if they don't make it, then they're obviously not a fit for your business and your personal standards. And then you get rid of them. I mean, after 90 days is what I heard you say. And, and agents listening, and I know there's and, thousands and, and, of you that – go ahead. And, and Tim, I also wanted to say, because you know what? When I look at their leads and it's like, okay, you didn't get their last name – I go, if you don't know their last name, they are not your client. That means you didn't connect. You better know everything about that client, you know, who they are, you know, at least what age group. Do they have kids? Do they have kids in school? You know, what's their motivation? Where do they work? If you don't know everything about them, you cannot help them. That's right. That's a really good point. Um, listings. Let's, let's shift a little bit. Let's talk about the listing side of your business. Um, I'm sure as far as being a strong listing agent, that's you know something that I don't think anyone's going to uh, say you're not. You've got to be probably one of the strongest listing agents in the nation. So listings, as it, just basic stuff. Do you do a two-stop listing presentation or a one-stop? Do you, do, do you send out a pre-listing pack? All that type of stuff, the basic stuff that every listing agent needs to be doing. I, I'm sure that you have your own, uh, your own ideas. I'm curious how you handle those things. You know what, I, I just do a one-stop. I mean, I've been doing it for so long, I can probably describe the house from my desk, you know, before I get there. <laughs> so I, I do a one-stop because, you know, when I started in the business, those were the days when, you know, we used to do caravan. I was the caravan chairman for the Azusa Glendora board for 12 years. 
So I would go out and, you know, drive the streets and go look at every single house personally because we didn't have computers, okay? So I know my markets well. I know the streets. I know the neighborhoods. So I am grateful for that because today people don't even have, you know, don't have a clue if they want to do everything on the Internet so they don't really get out and, you know, drive and actually look. And I think that's, you know, really um, important when they're brand new. They need to do that. Well, you just don't need to go out there because you because you, you sell you sell what you see. Well, and that again, that's you said earlier, and it was great. I mean, you said basically how quick you follow up with leads is critical. Seems like something everyone should know intuitively, but they certainly don't seem to. And now you're mm-hmm. saying, hey, guess what? If you're going to sell real estate, you sure as heck better know the product. There's another basic right. thing that we definitely have gotten away from over the last, you know, couple dozen years that. Agents, the brokers, office managers, I mean, you know, if they've been in the business uh, for a while, they know that how critical that is. But for the most part, you're right. I mean, agents are getting into this business, and they're not taking the time to go out there and know the market. And, guys, that gives you such a huge advantage when you're talking with anyone. You know, if someone strikes up a conversation with Marty at Starbucks about, you know, whatever house, she's going to be able to tell you who lived in it before and how old the windows are and, you know, who the next-door neighbor's owner is and maybe even name their dog. I mean, that is market mm-hmm. knowledge, guys. It really does give you an unfair advantage. That's where confidence comes from, doesn't it, Marty? That's right. You know, and, and in fact, the other day I ran into Sugar Shane Mosley, so I said, oh, yeah, you've got your house for sale, you know, and his ex-wife was there. I go, yeah, she lives over in this track over there. He goes, how do you know all that? Because I do. That's my job, <laughs> to know everything that's going on around me, you know? It is, Absolutely. So, you know, and that when you sell real estate, you need to know as much as you can about real estate, about the neighborhoods, about the people. Because I know so much that really people don't even know that I know. Do you know what I mean? Because that's my job. That's how you put transactions together. So what's the biggest misconception that people have about top producers like you? Because where you are, the air is rare. There's not very many people that have your track record. I mean, there might be some people that occasionally will be, like I was the number one realtor at this particular company for a year. But you've been the top of the mountain for a long time. So what are the biggest misconceptions you think folks have uh, about people like yourself? Um, misconceptions, um, you know, they try to make excuses why you sell instead of saying, you know what, they just work hard. They know their stuff. You know, let's get, you know, instead of trying to figure out what I'm doing right, people want to figure out what I'm doing wrong. And trust me, there is no wrong. Everything I'm doing is right. Or I wouldn't, I no, wouldn't but, be where I'm Marty, at today. Very, but that's very interesting that's, that you said that. Again, this is the reason I like talking with you because you're very honest about it. But, you know, that is interesting, though, isn't it? So when you get to a certain level, it, as opposed to people, uh, you know, taking note and seeing, okay, what can I copy or what is she doing well or, you know, opposed to doing that, they'll look for and make excuses for their own lack of performance by just making assumptions that maybe she's working in some gray area or she's figured out some little something or another that maybe I could be doing or I, or I should. You know, this, this, that is interesting. That's how the, the brain of an average agent works. But that's well, you know, it's really funny because when, when, when I first started doing well, people would say, oh, Marty gets all her leads from her husband. It was like, really? My husband doesn't even like to talk to people. <laughs> So, you know what I'm saying, instead of, like, you know, looking to see what you're doing right and how, how you're making it happen. And then somebody sent, it, uh, sent me this the other day, one, one of the girls that works with me, she says, your life is your message to the world. Make sure it's inspiring. And I take that very serious. Well, one of, our, uh, one of my wife's coaching clients, Bill Bird, who's on uh, three years, has uh, gone from essentially being less than zero, and uh, this year he's probably going to earn over $400,000, 
he approached you at the Century 21 Awards Banquet, and, um, you know, he, uh, he said how nice and just absolutely, when he was talking with you, how you had no ego and how you were so gracious with your time. And he asked you what, you know, what advice you'd have for him. And I'm just going to give you credit for this because it's something that he said was immediately impactful. Well, of course, his coach had been telling him, you know, centers of influence and past clients and how important they are and how they're really the only value your business has over time is the accumulation, accumulated effects of the positive experiences that people have had with you. Um, but when you told him that, he said he immediately made a change in his mindset. So you, can you talk a little bit about how important uh, that aspect of your business is and how you keep those relationships going with folks year after year? Um, well, you know what? I, you know, I, I try to keep in contact with my past clients, and I have a lot of them. So, you know, we, we basically, <laughs> you know, keep, keep in contact. You know, like for me, it's, it's, it's hard because I, I have so many. So it's really like, you know, once a year we send them a calendar, and then now we have a, a newsletter that goes out to them. I just, you just want to keep being, you know, in front of them, you know, and so we're, um, sending the newsletter, we're emailing, um, just trying to stay in front of the client. But not only that, it's like you know, when my client just came in here right now, it's like, okay, I need help. You know, you're there still to help them. And I had another client call me that I short-sailed his home a while ago, saying, well, now he wants to get back in the market, so I've got to figure out, you know, when he's going to be ready. So, you know, it's, I'm just, I think, available for these people, uh, you know, a lot, um, even if we're not doing a transaction or they, you know, need help on something and then keeping, um, you know, in front of them so when they are ready to either buy or sell, they're going to come here. Or their so, kids, you know, now, now, now we're selling their kids. When you have a situation with a client that for whatever reason isn't, uh, I guess the question is have you ever fired a client? Have you ever actually released a listing or just said a buyer's, you know, we can't work with you anymore because of this letter? When do you decide to basically fire a client or has, is that something you do god that's not something we we do because really even if somebody wanted out we don't we don't we don't cancel listings we put too much effort and time and money into our listings we don't ever cancel a listing we will withdraw a listing but not cancel it well so here's what here's what i'm hearing you, you know say. yes it's a, it's a lot of work to get the listing and it's your job to figure out how to appease that seller's concern regardless of how difficult they might be so there's another right. theme that and, and you know what you hearing, want, and it just it just doesn't happen, Tim. It, I mean, it just doesn't happen because we do our job. Yeah, that's true, right? Get the house listed, yeah. price it right, and get it sold. I mean, that is the bottom line. Yeah, exactly. So, and curious. you know what? We do, we do feedback and we stay in touch with them so they know that we're working for them. So they're never in a position that, you know, they're not happy with us. It would Again, be very, very rare. The only the time I've had somebody thing. unhappy because I'm usually dealing if it's a, if it's a divorce, you know? And it's the not that they don't like thing. me, they just don't like each other. <laughs> yeah, well, exactly, right? I mean, some people just come to uh -huh. you kind of worked up. Yeah, real estate, it can be a very stressful uh, process. But, again, guys, I hope you're listening. Communication again. She keeps on saying I'm sure she's probably not realizing she's saying it. But one of the secrets to anybody's success, especially in a service job, service industry like what all of us are in, it's communications, actually following through and exceeding their expectations. When they, and when you promise them you're going to call them once a week for feedback and a market update, well, you know, you sure as heck better do it. And also think about dropping a, uh, at least an elaborate email backing up what you're saying, if not something in the mail as in direct mail. So these little tiny, 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 tiny things that don't really take that much time make the biggest difference when it comes to, you know, building a business that's really going to be everlasting where you're going to have a lot of repeat and referral business. You know, Marty, I was interviewing um, 
one of our superstars not so long ago. Well, it's been maybe more than a year now, and he's the number one agent in Southern California with another big brand. And you know, he had it was a fun call because he confessed that he's never followed up with the centers of influence and past clients, and yet you know he basically has been able to build this huge business. And then towards the end of the call. You know, I asked him what the one thing he would have done differently, and guess what he said? I would have done a better job with my snares of influence the past class. Yeah. <laughs> I thought that was kind of interesting. Yeah. And, so, what, and, Marty, and it is hard because when you get busy, Tim, it's hard, you know, to be calling all your, you know, past clients because, you, you, you know, you've got new business coming in all, all the time. So you've got to figure out a way to, you know, to stay in front of them a different way, you know? That's right. So what's the next level for you? I mean, it, it, do you think about that, or what? What's like? What's the next level for your business? You have your families involved. You have, uh, you know, a lot of uh, folks that are dependent on you. Um, I'm curious. Are you guys focused on building the business, driving more uh, money to the bottom line? What's your focus right now? Yeah, you know what? It's it's building our you know team. Like I said, we've empowered our agents to also you know be listing agents, and we just want to have you know a team that is not just made up of buyers agents, but a team that's made up of listing and buyers agents. Interesting. And that's so what we're building. Agent- you know, our job our job is to help them and empower them. I mean, I work with my agents. You know, I work closely with them, and you know, because if they need my help, you know, whether I need to teach them something, uh, whether it's legal, whether it's about selling. Or um, they just need my help to, you know, help them close. Do you find managing I, your team, Marty? I'm curious. Do you find managing your team because you built your team slowly? I, I think that's really important. I, I actually point yeah. this out. I mean, Marty's been in the business for over 30 years, and I, and I, again, this is another little detail thing that's being lost nowadays. Is she learned to sell first on her own? She learned to actually go after the business, i.e., listings. She learned how to lead generate. She learned to go out and get the appointments. She learned to go out and take the listings. She learned how to close, negotiate, and all those things. And then you slowly added staff. You didn't try to build your team before you had the skill set yourself. Am I overstating yeah. this? And and no, no, you're absolutely right. And then I see these brand new agents. It's like, oh, I need an assistant. It's like, no, you need to learn how to do everything first, so then you know what to expect from an assistant. You know? Why are they thinking like that, Marty? Help me understand. I don't that. know because gets- because you know what. You have to learn how to work hard first. You have to learn all the basics of what you do. I remember I, uh, my friend John Lopez. He um, owned a McDonald's, you know, here in Los Angeles, and now he owns Lopez Foods out of Oklahoma City. And I remember his boys were working, you know, in the stores, you know, cleaning floors, you know, selling hamburgers. He taught them all the basics so that when they got to a position of management, they knew what to expect from these people that were they were going to be managing. You know. And it's kind of the same way with us. You know, when we're brand new, we need to learn how to do every single aspect of our business so that, you know, we know what to expect from the people that are going to assist us. When did our industry get away from that, Marty? Help me understand. When did, you, <laughs> when did building your team – well, I, I mean, uh, so I, we do freak – I'm getting on my soapbox, and I'm not going – I'm not going to allow myself. I'm going to prevent myself from doing it. But what this, you know, this team thing – we get calls from agents who are not knowing how to list houses, not knowing how to generate leads themselves. They buy all their leads, and, right. and they want us to, you know, help them build their teams. And, and we just those aren't our coaching clients because the reality of it is, is what you're thinking you can do is essentially delegate the learning and the hard work yourself. But the reality of it is, you have to do it yourself, and then you add First. assistance slowly. Exactly. So you, you know what? I, re- I remember one time that. that um, somebody had asked about, uh, you know, this is way back when, about getting an assistant for the buyer's agents. And I remember my daughter, Shelly, saying, 
mom, they're not ready for an assistant. I go, she goes, you need to push them to their limits first or they will never be great. I like your daughter. Uh-huh. That's very smart. And that is the bottom line. And so it's almost like agents nowadays or maybe brokers or maybe office managers or whatever it is, they're afraid actually to push the agents or encourage the agents to actually work hard. You know, I just I worry about the agents, a lot of them that are getting into the business who are believing that they should be focusing on their teams or the reality of it is they should focus on their skills. They should focus on knowing their markets. They should focus on actually learning how to be of the highest level service to their, their clients. And then after you have consistent income, you add an assistant. Oh, exactly. And then you can add all the other parts in as you're, you know, as you're growing. But now you know how to do everything, so you know what to you know, expect from your assistant or whoever is helping you. That's right. And that's and Marty, I always like because, you know, Go ahead. Oh, I always like to end these interviews, and this is a really great question because it, it always surprises me what people say. Well, I can't say always, but it usually does. So why you? We're in a, one of the most, I mean, crazily competitive markets, and you are selling in what has to be, if not the, one of the top three most competitive markets. Year in and year out, you're a top producer. You're one of the best-performing agents in the nation. You've been through what? I'm guessing in your time you've been through three major recessions, you've been through mm-hmm. housing crashes, housing booms, and still you're standing tall as a leader in our industry. Why you? you know why what? I, know, I, know, I know how to sell in any market, that's why. Because, you know, like I told you, I know how to adjust. You know, and I show up more than everybody else. I work on my skills, and the more you do, the more you know. Mm. That's a pearl. Thank you, Howard Britton. That is a good that is a good point. I mean, that is the bottom mm-hmm. line. The action is what basically builds the confidence, which basically is required in order for you to be successful long term. And Marty, I, I really truly appreciate your time today. Um I personally love talking with you. I, I hope all of our listeners do as well. And guys, absolutely consider if you have anybody that's moving out to sort of central California, connect with Marty. If she can't or her staff can't help you, I'm sure she's gonna put point you in the direction of a, an agent who can, somebody that she knows and has confidence in. So, Marty, again, remind them how they can get a hold of you. Uh, it's Century 21 Marty Rodriguez. We're located at uh, 1030 East Route 66 in Glendora, California, 91740. Our telephone number is 626-914-6637. And my email is marty at c21martyrodriguez.com. There you go. So everyone, thank you for listening today. And Marty, thank you sincerely uh, for participating in today's radio show. I'm sure you've uh, indirectly and directly helped thousands of fellow agents. Guys, please listen to this interview again and again and understand really what it comes down to are the very key principles of success that Marty shared with all of you today. Listen to this interview, share it with other agents, um, and really let's get back in our industry to the basics, to focus on being of service to others And really, when you do at the highest level, when you do what you don't want to do, when you don't want to do it at the highest level, guys, that will inevitably lead to your success. So, Marty Rodriguez, thank you very much for being on our radio show. And everyone else, have a wonderful day, and we'll talk with you tomorrow. Thanks, Marty. Thank you, Tim. Bye-bye. Have a great day. Bye. You too. This program has been a presentation by Tim and Julie Harris, Real Estate Coaching. For more information on our real estate coaching and training programs, visit our website at timandjulieharris.com. 
Remember to tune in weekdays at noon for upcoming shows. And until next time, thank you for listening to Real Estate Coaching Radio with Tim and Julie Harris. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.